Okay, folks, welcome to this uh, week's Wealth Creation Show. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, working less and earning more. Who wants to work less and earn more? <laughs> I tell you what, if anybody's not got their hand up with this, they shouldn't be watching this show in the first place. Why are you watching this if that's the case? Um, this is about working less and earning more. I mean, really, this is based on the, what I've done all through my life. Once you actually see life as a collection of systems uh, and those that are within your control uh, can be managed to create a, a life of freedom, uh, wealth and contribution. Uh, most people actually don't understand this and the systems that make up their life itself. Uh, so they end up with random results um, every single time. Now, feel free to chip in if you want and make comments. Uh, feel free to give us some feedback as well. More than happy for you to do that. Um, it's nice to know that people are actually watching, interacting and take the messages on board as well. Um, you know, how are you this morning anyway, Richard? Yeah, I'm really good. Yeah, yeah definitely work less. Yes, this afternoon, just. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, work less, earn more. I think it's a lot about working smarter as well. Um, like you say, Jim, if there's people watching, please interact. We done the midweek show last week. And we got loads of interaction, and it just makes it it makes it so much better for us to obviously carry the conversation. So I yeah, like please to think. I like to think actually people are actually learning something out there. Yeah. And based on the advice and information that I'm giving out, what I know. Uh, listen, I had a brilliant conversation this morning with someone when I was out walking. Um, and this was actually quite interesting, quite revealing as well. Uh, everybody talks about, uh, good good afternoon, Linda, how are you? Um, thanks for watching. Um, the uh, This this is a revelation in itself, and, and you know I see things as a, a collection of systems. Yeah. So this, this, this friend goes out every Sunday night, every single week, and for his Sunday sesh, right? And, and, and he, he gets lashed, and he's up the next day, and he obviously struggles to with a hangover and stuff like that as well. It's not the friend I was out walking with, by the way. It was just a conversation we had. Yeah. And, uh, and, 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 he's, and he said, it was quite interesting, but the conversation actually came on to the fact that, um, uh, oh, I'm just going to work overtime. Sorry? You're going to work overtime? It's like, and you're out having a Sunday session when you can get overtime. <laughs> and apparently, apparently <laughs> overtime for a gift is £300. <laughs> and I'm like, what? What are you doing in the pub on a Sunday night then? If that's the case, because I I immediately saw this straight away as a system. Yeah. Listen, the key here is uh, all my life I have been temporarily ambitious to become permanently lazy. And if that makes sense for you, that's what it's all about. It's actually doing the work now, getting out of the way, making sure you've got your financial future secured and actually just relax and enjoying the rest of your life. Yeah. Who would like to do that? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It, what we are doing right now here and what we are actually teaching people is actually to buy back your time. Uh, and this yeah. is a great example of this. We're basically time lords. You know, this is what we're doing. Um, we're actually adapting and we're buying back time and we're actually uh, working out a system to do that. But this is actually quite an interesting one. So he goes out on a Sunday session, he has his Sunday session, but he can actually work overtime. And if he works overtime, he gets £300 instead of the Sunday session. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, let me just put that into context here. So you get £300 every single weekend you work overtime, just for that one shift. You can make 15600 a year just with that one shift. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay. And then people go, 
I've got to pay tax and national insurance on this. So let me show you what tax and national insurance you pay on this. Here it is right here. So I just took this so it took the threshold out of the equation because obviously yeah. you're adding on top of your existing income. Um, so what you're doing here is you're adding on, in, in, on the top of your existing income. So I took the £12,500, which is the personal limit, yeah. and that takes that out. So I've added on the 15600 on top of the 12500 which actually gives me the tax then that I pay on the 15600 so which yeah. is a monthly tax of 259 that you can see there. And mm -hmm. then, a, then a national insurance, which is 171. So if you if you take that out, uh, you're paying tax on that of 3,108 a year, 2,052 a year in national insurance. Uh, you're left with 10,440 in your hand still. I bet that's 10,440 quid in your hand. I know. You've got, just for working a shift, once a week, instead of going and getting pushed in the pub. I was just going to say, I think as well, on the Sunday... Think of the money that I'll be spending on the Sunday as well. Yeah, and I took it and I thought 50 quid. Even if it's 50 quid, I know it's probably more than 50 probably quid. Probably more than that, yeah. Um, but you're talking about another £2,600 saving. Mm -hmm. uh, not to mention your health. Yeah. And increasing your wealth at the same time. You're mm -hmm. getting money to buy back time here. This is what this is about. Okay, so let's take that money then and invest that. So let's look at it like this. We take that money, we compound it. Um, mm -hmm. You can see down there, Richard, that 10,440 uh, uh, mm -hmm. uh, divided by 12 is 870 quid a month. So the 870 quid a month is here that we're putting in, and that's after the tax. So that's the monthly amount we're putting in every month. We're starting off with zero, 1% interest. We're doing it over 10 years. So imagine if you did this for 10 years, and then we'll hit the button. Let's calculate that number. Holy shit. That's crazy. Look at that. 109,726 quid because he, he worked a night shift once a week instead of going to the pub. For so just for doing years. that one extra shift. Hello? Yeah. Who would like another 109,000 pounds? I would never mind, yeah. But think about this. Take this one step further. Yeah. Could you imagine if you put that into a pension? Mm -hmm. Now think about that. The, the initial deposits is, is, is 104,000, okay? Yeah. And 40, right? That's what you've done, okay? So over the years, now put that into a pension, you'll immediately get the, the, the gross up of that. So you're, you're uh, 870 quid. Now becomes divided by 120. Uh, sorry. Uh, uh, divided by 0.8. It's divided by 0.8. Um, to get that, uh, the gross up amount that goes into your pension. So 870 divided by 0.8, it gives you 1,087. So you're now putting in 1,087 every month, okay? This is in a pension. Yeah, this is including the tax, remember, because yeah. if you put it into a pension, you get the basic rate back. If you put it into a pension, you get the higher rate back as well, which is a great okay. tax relief, and I'll show you what I just did, did recently. Now, let's calculate that. You've only put 104,000 in, and you've saved that over the 10 years, but now, where does it go? The wow. tax man has given you another £33,000 over and above. Mm -hmm. That's mental. I mean, sorry, six hundred. There's six thousand pounds there, so they take that off. You've got thirty thousand pounds. You've got um, twenty. You put one hundred and four in the beginning. You've got twenty six thousand pounds. You've got an extra. You've got an extra twenty six thousand pounds off the tax man for nothing. Yeah. See how that compounds. Mm -hmm. Now, could you imagine if you look at you take this one step further? Look at this. This is my pension fund for Standard Life. Oh, I've been logged uh -huh. out. Uh, give me a second. I'll look back. <laughs> 
It's all right, you'll not see my new name. Oh, well, you do that. I mean, that's amazing to think. That's amazing to think that just over the course of 10 years, um, just over the course of 10 years to do that, that one extra shift, and putting that additional straight into the pension, that you've got that sitting after 10 years, plus you'll have saved a hell of a lot for what you've spent on, whatever, like you say, if it was a Sunday, you're in the pub, alcohol, your health. I mean, that's quite... When you Absolutely. look at it like that... Let me just see if I can find the the um, the numbers here about where we are. Just let me make that a bit bigger. It's actually quite frustrating here uh, when you look at this because it doesn't tell you all the information. Um, uh, explore your investments. Uh, I'm looking for the return here. Give me two seconds. Okay. I'll see if I can talk amongst yourselves. Because um, <laughs> I had it before right? um, where it was showing me your pension and it showed me exactly how much it made and here it is here. Uh, give me two seconds, I'm going to get into the here. Uh, transactions, investments, and all the rest of it. Da, 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 da. Investments and charges. Here it is right here. Let me share this again. Okay. Let me share this back. This is Standard Life Pension that I'm investing in. This is UK, UK equities. UK equity, right. Okay. Now, everybody thinks the UK equities, you know, it's a bad deal and all the rest of it. But look at, look at how that's grown over the last 10 years. Yeah. 67%. That's mental, isn't it? Yeah. Now you think you think that fund there that I've just invested in, and I'll, I'll just go back to there. I've put in I've put in one hundred four thousand, but I've got one hundred thirty seven in there. So okay, so one hundred thirty seven oh nine four multiplied by one point six seven, that now becomes two hundred thirty two hundred thirty thousand pound almost. Mm-hmm. So I've put one hundred and four thousand in out of the Sunday session I've missed out for the last yeah. ten years. I save myself that money. Never mind the fact that the two thousand six hundred that you save as well, but we'll not take that into account. So it's even more than this. And I've actually got two hundred thirty thousand because I missed out my Sunday session for ten years. I could retire in ten years' time. Yeah, I was just going to say that set you up really if you want. All because I worked one night shift every single week instead of going to the pub. Mm-hmm. That blows my mind. More importantly, though, look at the short term and long term. Look at this. It's easy to get disillusioned. Uh, look at Standard Life UK equities. You sit and look at it year to date minus one point one point eight percent year one year minus point four two three year uh, cumulative performance seven point one nine six point one nine and ten year sixty seven point three. See how that changes dramatically. But yeah. look what it's invested in. Look at that. Look at what they've invested in. Mm-hmm. I'll zoom in on that. Just going to see who's no daft here? Look, AstraZeneca. Oh, who did the who did Pfizer? <laughs> who did the Pfizer, pandemic yeah. inoculation? Shell oil company, HSBC, banking, Diageo, drinks, Unilever, huge conglomerate, tobacco, bar industries, tobacco industry, vape, they now own, they own all the vapes and all the companies, BP, yeah. an oil, another oil, Galacto, another pharmaceutical, Vodafone, one of the biggest telephones providers in Britain, Glencore, which is one of the, I think it's biggest exploration companies in Britain for oil and gas as well. Um, that is where they are in. That's why I've invested, and that's why my kids have invested in this fund. Now, I'm not promoting this fund to anyone, and investments go up as well as down, but over the yeah. long term, funds like this will blow you away. And if you look at the returns on here, it's easy to disillusion and think it's going nowhere, but it's not. Now, remember, this important information about this fund, this is risk level six. 
see yeah. that? Mm -hmm. And risk level six is actually quite a high risk level. Look, see higher risk seven yeah. is UK is overseas equities really. Um, yeah. But look at the lower level risk. So I'm in risk six. How is that a risk over the long term, really? Because and you look at those companies. Invested in that fund. Yeah, and I would consider those companies to be particularly high risk things to invest in. I mean, no. if you know, uh, obviously know how they're performing, uh, and they have performed for years. Yeah, and look at performance as well. See again, they've got that graph and they've got that fund performance. So that's why that's why I tell everybody if they've got young children or grandchildren and stuff like that, uh, then get them opening a pension right now and yeah. then put their money, put even gifts that they get, one offs at Christmas, they get a New Year and stuff like that, and um, put it in a pension fund for your children and your grandchildren. If they have, they can get it from birth, and the government gives money towards that. But see. The amount of you've got out of there, just out of that guy that chose, I tell you what, instead of going down to the pub on a Sunday night, I'll work a night shift for the next 10 years and I'll create a fund for my pension of about £230,000 based on that information right there. Yeah. That's that's somebody, I mean, how many people have got pensions to that level? Very few people. The average person in retiring, what I, what I heard years ago, was, I think it was like, they'd be lucky if they had about 30 or 40 grand in their pension. Which is not going to get you anywhere. <laughs> I know. Literally, it'll get you a new car. Woohoo! That's it. <laughs> if that. Um, so, but that's how it's important to um, leverage yourself and actually realize that it's where you're putting your time is more important. And to become that person, it will get temporarily ambitious to be permanently lazy. And this is why we talk about working less to earn more. It's not, yeah. it's, you're absolutely right. It's about working smart. Yeah, and it's about working smart through that process and actually making sure. So hopefully that's given everybody a really good idea about, you know, it's just about where you put your time and how you do it. I've done this for all my life. Everything's a collection of systems in my head, and when I see something for the first time, I immediately break it down into a system and think to myself, how could I make that more efficient? How could I get more out of that? Now it's just how I've programmed myself over the years because that's the way I've always worked and the way I'm way way I am. Um, Often I get told off in security at the airport for telling them off for doing their systems differently in different areas, but that's another story. <laughs> it's interesting that you could tell the the, the, the government and the, the, the agency eh, for security. It's like, you know, that shouldn't be done there, and that shouldn't be done there for this reason and that reason. Um, and it's like, they think you're like mental, but the reality is people like anybody else and they don't understand. They don't understand yeah. how that can be manipulated and how somebody can actually get through that. And mm -hmm. around that as well, I see it every single day when I look at things, all the time. Um, and that's probably the benefit everybody gets. And that's probably how I've got where I've got because I break everything down into these easy to manage systems and keep it simple all the way through the yeah. process. If you don't know where you're going, how on earth do you know how you're going to get there? Get there, yeah. And I think I think that's um, what that what your example raised to me, Jim, is that. There'll be a lot of people, especially with the way things are at the moment, worrying about the current situation, but obviously worrying maybe a bit further down the line. How am I going to have money to survive when I, when I um, retire or when that time comes? But really, if you look at your circumstances and think, right, if I do this now, I'm going to be fine later on down the line. You just need to think outside the box. Huge. Compound yeah. effect is huge out of this. And it's just these one we think. People say to myself, it's like, oh, I, I don't know if I could earn more money. It's like... Go and wash somebody's car for God's sake. Yeah, you could always earn yeah. more money. 
Yeah. Do somebody's garden. It's like, could you think about the amount of money? Just do something a wee bit extra. It gives you that wee bit extra so you can get a result like that. Yeah. We didn't need to put 300 quid away every week. That's just, that's maybe a... That's a, just an example, uh, but yeah. yeah. But if you put 100 quid away, where, do, where would that get? If you put 50 quid away, where would that get you? It's just all these wee differences which will make a fundamental overall difference overall. And then it's all the wee savings that you'll get in terms of what you're doing as well. Let's yeah. look at this, though. If you see life as a collection of simple systems, um, yeah. you, you you had talked about this, haven't you? You've actually put some notes down in here. Yeah. Um, you know, what is the simplest solution? I think, obviously, like I say, the simplest solution, always keep it simple. Never think, oh, if people overthink things and overcomplicate things, and really you just need to kind of look at, step, take a step back, look outside the box and keep things simple. Um, tackle the more involved challenges um, in a different way. I think that's that's probably a good way to put it. Uh, like you say, look at things um, from a different perspective rather than yeah. trying to overcomplicate things. Looking outside yourself, yeah. Yeah. another one. Yeah, looking outside yourself to, to do things as well. Um, a lot of people, if they're worrying about things or how I'm going to do this, they, they constantly look at their, their, their selves. But you need to look outside yourself. And there's so many um, qualified people and knowledgeable people. Draw from that. Use other people to help you along in your journey and get you where you want to go. Like you say, if you've not got a plan about how to get to you, where you want to go, how are you going to get there? Yeah. Um, yeah. And always use tried and tested people uh, systems and, and like you say management systems and things as well to get to where you want to go and you can actually have your own if you think it's more efficient let me yeah. explain to you when i first started i remember starting in balfour many years ago as a training accountant mm -hmm. the first thing i did when i walked in the door uh, i mean this was we were still in quill and ink then they were still writing on pads you know their, their whole thing they were never on a computer really and it was always this I honestly, when they got when they got a three eight six, actually, I encouraged them. They were on an old XT computer. It's like green screen and like you put yeah. a floppy disk in and stuff like that. And this was like something out of the arc. And I said to them, "Look, you should really have a three eight six. That shows you how old it is. A three eight six Intel yeah. processor. Um, and this was up from a two eight six. Um, and at that time, it allowed me then to use spreadsheets. Um, so. Mm -hmm. I basically took what they did in a book, like this. They basically wrote all the production stuff in a book. Yeah. And, and and it was my job to actually collate all that together and produce reports. So as part of my training in accountancy. So the first thing I did, and this is why you don't be fearful. If you've got a job, right, do not be fearful if you do your job quicker and more efficient. Because what will happen is you'll not lose your job. People will look at the value you add to that, and therefore they'll give you more work to do. Now. Wait, wait a minute, I'm getting more work for the same amount of money? Don't look at it like that. You get more experience in areas you otherwise wouldn't get in, and therefore it will allow you to add value to what you do and learn over a period of time, almost like an internship. You know, you started off like that with me, Richard. Yeah. You yeah. didn't really get paid for the first year and a half or something like that. Yeah, but, um, I mean, I learned so much in that time. And um, do you know what I mean? You showed, you showed me quite a lot. I picked up quite a lot of other people. Um, we done a lot of training things and everything. I mean, I look back on that time, I think, God, that was so poignant yeah. and, and getting me to where I am now. Um, yeah, and, and, and I was prepared the to do that. that is, just to explain to everybody, at that time, I didn't have enough money to pay you at all. So we managed to get you a scheme, which would actually, with the government, which would actually fund you uh, through that and allow you to learn experience. And I said to you at the time, if we can get to a point where I can employ you, that'll be a fantastic. Yeah. And that's what these schemes are there for. But that's what I used when I went to Balfour's. 
I computerized everything and I brought my five day working week down to a two and a half day with the same amount of work. And then yeah. I started to take work off the managing director. And then I started to take work for the financial director. And I started to do jobs for them. And I started to go back and forward. And he used to teach me what to do. This, I yeah. mean, Sandy Dowie, I mean, Sandy, unfortunately, is, you know, um, Alzheimer's now, dementia. Um, but I tell you what, he was one of the he was one of the people that actually set me off my track. One of the mentors mm-hmm. that actually helped me in the beginning and actually started to teach me all the things that I wouldn't have otherwise got experience of because I had the time to do it now. I was able to bring that job down. So don't yeah. be fearful that you bring your job down and computerize it and do a lot more work. I remember actually the people at Standard Life when I was in there taking my side and one day saying to me, Jim, can you not just slow down? Because you, 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 you show everybody else up. Can you not just slow down and stop doing too much, um, too quickly? Um, and I went, well, no, really. I'll just I'll just do more. And that's it. Just give me more. And, and they were fine with that. But I, I do remember poignantly actually getting taken aside and them just saying to me, go and slow down a bit. You just make us look bad. That's <laughs> um, funny you're saying that. And I mean, over the years, I mean, not maybe not that, like, Previous jobs and things when I was younger, and you know, you work through batteries, whatever you do, and uh, people are there's an expectation of what you're meant to do in that period of your, your time that you work. And you can see people either they either draw it out um, when they could do it a lot quicker, they can either draw it out and just do it as long as they've got that done by the end, or they'll do it really quickly and then they'll just muck about for the rest of the time. Did any have any incentive to think, right, okay, then, I'm going to do it now. As soon, you, as soon as you've got that extra, this is how to add value, add value to what you're doing. This is this is how to get more money, by the way, um, out of your boss and make yourself invaluable. And if you're invaluable to a business, if anything happens to that business because of a downsize, you're the last person to be considered yeah. to put out the door because they know the price to replace you is astronomical in terms of what you're doing because you now add value to that business itself. That's when why you go, when you go for a, a salary increase and you sit down and go, this is what I'm doing now. This is what I was brought in for. This is the extra I do over and above now. You know, I'm kind of looking to go in line with everybody else that does these type of things. They, they more or less don't really say no um, because the, the, the cost to lose you is far greater to replace you um, than it is actually to, to to you know to give you the salary increase. So the salary increase is, is a lot less than what it is to replace you, and that's yeah. why when you put yourself in that position, you can get make a lot more money while actually just working the same amount of time. Um, and this is about working less and earning more. Really, that's the yeah. that's that main theme. So I did that with that job and brought it down and computerized the whole lot, and I managed to get another two and a half days to fit more work in. I mean, I wasn't doing more; I was just using the same time but more efficiently. So yeah. once I was finished with that, because I'm a person that if I'm not needed anymore, it's time to move on because I'm not a trained monkey. I don't like sitting just doing the same thing day in, day out. I like to innovate. I like to create. I like to make things more efficient. I like to, you know, like to uh, more or less a profit engineer. Um, so yeah. that time was up. Tillis Russell next. Tillis Russell, XT Computers, had to go to the boss financial director and say, we need to computerize this, get this into the modern technology. There's the reasons why, because of the efficiency that could be made, because of the amount of money we can save, the amount of money it could make as well. We're doing everything. We're getting these new computers and he went, get them. And everybody turned around to me at that time and went, we've taken five years to try and convince him just to even get this XT. And within about, you know, three weeks of you coming in, he's, he's, re, he's recomputerizing the whole place and networking it. Um, because... 
you were obviously able to demonstrate the the benefits of having that in place and how how it was going to make some uh, things more efficient. Uh, and as long as it's like you're it's like you're demonstrating your worth or demonstrating that something works. If you could prove that, then people are going to they're going to agree with you and they're going to they're going to run with it. So my salary jumped up fifty percent, by the way, there. Yeah. When I moved from Balfour to Tillis Russell. So Tillis Russell in there, computerize it, two and a half days, all my workload brought down to two and a half days, made things a lot more efficient. We started to bring in more and more and more. Again, the financial director was giving us work direct as a result. So we weren't doing our day-to-day -day stuff. We're now getting I'm now getting involved in the financial director stuff mm -hmm. as well. And I was there for about, I think, about five years. Um, and we were going, and when, when he used to come to us, he used to say, can we do this? Can we do that? Is it possible? We had somebody... Well, my direct boss went, no, that's not possible. And we went, yeah, it is possible. <laughs> Obviously, that didn't go down well, my direct boss. But the financial director was happy. And we went, yeah, it is possible. We can do weekly accounts now. So we used to get all the massive uh, reports out. We'd do weekly accounts for them. and give them a really good handle of where things are. And then, again, I added more value to what I did. So what do you think my next jump in salary was? Lightness. More than 100%. I was just going to say about 70 percent but then double my salary company car phone petrol anything i wanted yeah. all these benefits in kind and everything like that all because i added value to what i do and i made myself indispensable to the business yeah. uh, and then when you become indispensable if they don't want to reward you for that he actually said you know when i was when i gave him a notice and he said look you know is there anything i can do to change your mind i said you should have done it ages ago and that's why you know that's why that's why exactly why I do it with you guys. I catch you before that happened because yeah. I have gone through that myself, and I mm -hmm. don't think that absolutely I don't think that's right at all to sit and keep somebody in the same salary and they're adding significant value over and above what the normal day to day job is. Yeah. So that's why I do that, um, and reward people for that because I've been through it myself again, working same time but earning more money through the process. Now you can see that's going there. So double my salary, company car and everything else. So I'm in a financial controller's position now, running a manufacturing company in Glenrothes. And then the financial director's position came up as well. So then I moved up to that. And that was originally, from when I think about it, from my original job um, to where I was then, uh, you're talking about five times. And that was in the space of maybe 10 years. That's a lot of progression to do in that space of time. But it's but that's where people don't understand. That's where you've got to understand. You've got to let go and, and realize for me, again, I come back to saying Richard, it was all about I knew it doesn't matter what happened to me, I'm just gonna work for someone else. Yeah. So I was always confident in the fact that, yeah, you don't need me anymore. So Tillis Russell was more, you don't really need me anymore. I am now a trained monkey putting stuff into a system which I've created with, with help of other people. Then I do it all myself. I've got other people around about me as well. We had a team together. We created systems. And then I moved to there. And then I moved to Marketers. So it was all these different progressions. But then I added value out the process about what I was doing. It made me more indispensable. Notice throughout that period, though, I was reading books. I was learning from mentors far more successful than me. It were allowing me and mentoring me to get to the stage I'm at just now. And that's what it was all about. It was actually just tapping into people. It was tapping into information like we're giving away here free 
and I was tapping into information from them, but I was paying five, ten thousand pounds for doing that. Mm-hmm. It's worth its weight in gold if it's the right person with the right track record and they're not furus. In other words, a fake guru. Furus. Somebody's made it up. Right. Yeah, I know. Somebody that's actually been there, trod that path, understands that process, knows exactly what to do for you. Not somebody, not somebody that sells you the course. Property investment is a classic example. They sell you all the course, they make all the money at the courses, and then they go and buy property. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. Build the empire first, then do the training courses. That's my mantra. That is a that is a guru. That is not a furu. A furu is yeah. the way around. Um, and so that's where that's where I would with that. So it's all about again. I've created that time. Now let's get into the keep it simple. I've always kept it simple throughout my life. I've always yeah. kept it really easy. I've never really over overcomplicated it. Sometimes I get bogged down in the detail, but that's just me and that's how I am. It's about creating systems as well, though, in order to sustain that. One of the most one of the people I really respect was my actual minister, and he said to me when I said to him one day, "Look, I want to become a social worker." And the reason I want to become a social worker is because I want to build a system in uh, Methyl, it was actually, to help and support people in Methyl. So I need to become a social worker to be that person in order to sustain that system. And he said, Jim, what happens if you leave? Does the system keep going? No. It revolves around me. He says, what you're doing is you're creating a system around you you create a system where people all there, so it isn't reliant on you anymore. So you create that system, it's not reliant on you. That brings other yeah. people into the equation. It's letting people understand and, and, and buy into what your vision is. And then if they buy into your vision, they become part of your tribe. This is the tribe mentality. Yeah. And they come back to your tribe, then they're all pushing this pull in the same direction. And that's where many hands make light work. That is working less, but earning more. Because you're now multiplying your efforts and you're multiplying your income as a result because you're running the system that supports that efforts. And now people have to be rewarded adequately throughout that process, hence the reason why you own part of five properties. Yeah. Because it's a reward for effort business. And you've been yeah. with us all these years and you got five properties, part of five properties for that very reason, because you helped yeah. me in the very beginning. Um, so it's about rewarding the right people for their efforts and not just rewarding everybody for everything all the time. Um, so it's recognizing the people that actually do it but again that's putting systems in place in order to do that so this is all about again working less for earning more money you will never earn unless you're unless you're some you know like well the problem is here I'm going to say unless you're a YouTuber or influencer or the rest of it like Kardashian or that you'll never make anything um, but she doesn't actually do it herself she actually has systems yeah Oh yeah, um, and they all have systems. You see that Branson has systems as well. I mean, you know, you know, do you think all these things that he does is actually done by him? No, they're not. They're done by other people and his and his team in order to make that happen. And that's why he makes a lot more money as a result of it. But he's got to the point where it's no longer relying on him. He's moved away from that, where it's no longer relying on him. So that he is actually he can work the less to earn more money now because he's created that system to do that and sustain that. Yeah. So let's go back to talking about that. It's mandatory that we take time out to understand the machinery in our lives and that we have to modify that machinery to produce the life we desire. Yeah. Your life is a process of systems. If you can identify these systems and you can master these systems, you could actually create that life you really want. 
the issue with the presumption the road to freedom and prosperity begins with the elimination of the personal emotional hang-ups that we have along the way yeah that holds us back in what we're doing and it's about straightening out the mechanics of the of the of a life first and getting the machine right getting the core basic principles right this is like property investment for the very beginning you don't actually make much money in the beginning and it's like the pension fund i just showed you there's no really much money in the beginning getting made but compounded over the years by the good foundation that you've laid in the first place gives you that freedom at the end because it's the money you've created it allows you to create that freedom somebody once said to me i think it was fred hartize bill o'brien Bill O'Brien it was. Bill O'Brien put the Martin Marietta probe on Mars for Martin Marietta, the Viking probe on Mars. Bill O'Brien. I remember Bill O'Brien saying, there's never a problem that you can solve without beating it to death with a bag of money. <laughs> but, it, but it's true in context because everything yeah. that everybody does requires money because it's an, it's an exchange for services. So the more money you can create, the more time you'll have and the less work you need to do because you're creating it. But the more the more disconnect you have between the time and money equation, in other words, you're no longer trading your hours for money. You've actually leveraged yourself. In other words, you've got other people involved in your hours and you've duplicated yourself. Um, I mean, how is it possible to work 10,000 hours in a week for one person? Well, it is. Yeah. yeah, you have other people or systems doing things. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So, in order to create ten thousand hours a week, you've got forty. You've got ten thousand hours. Let's just do this on the calculator. Yeah, ten thousand hours a week uh, divided by you've got forty hours a week for people. You need two hundred and fifty people working for you or working with you. Mm -hmm. Actually, I never really, I never, I've never really heard that and said working because people say, "Do you work for Jim?" And, and and I always say, no, well, Richard works with me. I was just going to say we work together. That's, yeah. how, that's how I would see it. I've, yeah. never, I've never seen it. And it's odd. I, I find that very odd when people say, do you, does, does Richard work for you? <laughs> and, my, my, and does Penn work for you? And my first response to that is, yeah, I work with them, yeah. But yeah. I, never, I never really think that people work for me. I just work with other people. And we have a common goal to achieve a, mm -hmm. a result we're after. Um, yeah. So in order to, du to duplicate yourself and work 10,000 hours in a week, you get you need 250 people at 40 hours a week. But if you if you think to yourself, and you think to yourself, in every hour, what could you earn? So if you were working 10,000 hours a week and these people were doing that, and that was 50 quid an hour for everyone, there's half a million pound a week you're generating for every single person adding 50 quid yeah. to what they're doing in their, in their, in their, in their whole uh, mantra in their, in their sales because everything comes down to sales even the cleaner yeah. doing the job of cleaning the factory is part of the sales process because if the cleaner wasn't there to do that job then someone else from sales might have to end up cleaning the office who takes them away from sales who is actually generating the income and they have to go and clean the office so this is mm -hmm. what I keep saying about you know if you're a kicker in, in a game of American football don't go defending yeah, become you're a kicker. That's your job. Your job is to win and to get to get. Um, you know, if you're a striker in, in in football, your job is to is to get goals. It's not to defend. 
It's to get goals. It's not to be somewhere else. I mean, I don't know the intricacies of, uh, and, and it's the same with rugby as well. If you, I think it's, if you, the same premise with anything. If you specialise in something, then then run with that and excel in it. Uh, and that's where you will obviously be most successful. This is what most people don't get, though. This is part of a system. It's a systematic process that we work on in order for everybody to work in that same same organisation. And that mm-hmm. allows you to work less. I mean, you you got you caught me this morning sitting having a coffee in the sun, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying you caught me really, because you probably knew I was probably. Sitting I, there. I know you go on a Monday anyway, but yeah. But but the reality is, I can now do that because of the that's the temporary ambitious to be permanently lazy. So you maybe have to put a lot of work and effort in the beginning of your of your processes of your systems in mm-hmm. order to get it to run, in order to get it better. But then over a period of time, people add into that and therefore you leverage yourself. I mean, the jobs that I did in the beginning are now done by other people as well now. There was never a chance I would be able to do that myself. So anybody that keeps saying it, this is the this is the control freaks out there. If you're listening, this is for the control freaks. That's like me uh, and the perfectionist. That's me. Okay. Yeah. When somebody says, I'm not really sure how to do it, don't say, give me it, I'll just do it myself. I used to be I used to be guilty of that kind of approach. Like, oh, I'll just do it then. I'll just do it then. I used to keep a lot. We've had this conversation before, Jim. And I mean, I, I, I'm better at doing certain things than other things. And just like everybody else has got their, their own things that they're better at. Um, and to be able to kind of let, every, let the people around you do what they're good at and all work together makes it so much more efficient. Yeah. Um, or I'll do like it. It's like you say. Don't bother. And it's like, no, that's not what you do. You get them onto a Zoom, okay? You take them through it on a Zoom, right? And you record the Zoom at the same time on what you're doing. Now, when you've recorded the Zoom, it tells them how to do it. So therefore, the training video has now done. When they ask how to do it again, you just go, just go and watch the Zoom, the training video from before. So yeah. everything's a series of training videos where you're taking somebody through. So rather than actually, because the old, the old school before Zoom and stuff like that, this is a really efficient way of doing things now. I've found that out. And before yeah. Zoom, it was like, I'll have to sit down with you again. So let's sit down and we'll go through it. But then there's nobody actually recording this, so you don't know. So it's only your brain that's recording this. So if you don't take it all in and you miss things, and as as we humans do, we don't take yeah. everything in. Some people, it's like I, me- I remember sometimes when I used to get trained by people, I used to I used to wo- lose the will to live because I had to sit there and watch them. And it's like I do not sit well and watch people. I need to do something. Um, so it was difficult for me to keep my attention span. <laughs> There's a surprise eh? um, <laughs> on something for a long period of time without actually doing anything. So I need to engage, I need to do, and I need to replicate. Um, and that's another way of training somebody. But more importantly, if you record what you're doing and show people that, it's easy for them to then go back and actually learn it again and again and again and watch it again and again and again because the first time you did it right. And now you've just leveraged yourself and you've created more hours out of a recording for a training video for them to do now. And that's that can how use time and time again, yeah. That's how you create a system every single time. So, again, it's been temporarily ambitious to be permanently lazy. Um, yeah. That's what we're doing here. And creating systems around you to not not only to not only set you free, but to train people properly to set you free. Look at the This is If you've not watched The Founder when, with Michael Keaton about the McDonald's brothers and Ray Kroc, then watch it because the McDonald's brothers 
were systematic people. They were very controlling, very systematic. And what they did was they actually built the whole system and then re-engineered it and re-engineered it and re-engineered it to get it so efficient that every single time it got the result they wanted. It was the beef party, it was the sesame seed, well, there's no set. they don't have a sesame seed bun, do they? It's the, it's the plain bun, the beef party, and then the gherkin, the, the, the lettuce, the tomato, and all this. Thing. Go in sequence. Mm-hmm. Now, that the, this is the key here out of this system. And when you look at life being a system, and you don't think this is very material, but compounding this, this is what I showed you in the beginning when I showed you this money, how this compounds. Yeah. You don't actually think it's material in itself. But when you think about the five minutes you could save on doing one thing, every single hour of a working day, then somebody could save these five minutes over a week. So every single hour at 40 is the five minutes. That's somebody saving 200 minutes a week. That's over three hours they've saved in efficiencies, just with five minutes. So you don't think five minutes is going to be a lot to you in its context and smaller proportion, like you see in that investment I did at the beginning. But when you compound that to the end, that's 200 minutes a week. And when you multiply that out to 52, that's 10,000 minutes a year. And if you divide that by 60, that is 173 hours. If you divide that by 40, that is another four weeks, all because you saved five, min- five minutes every single hour. Of your working week. To save. That's four weeks. If you save five minutes, you could go on holiday for four weeks a year extra because you were efficient in doing five minutes every single hour in terms of what you were doing. So see how that, now could you imagine if you do that four weeks worth extra work and you then multiply that over 10 people? That's 40 weeks. You've you've almost got one person for free working extra. You don't need to employ another person. Now an average salary is 30,000 pound. So you've just saved yourself 30,000 pound. Now you could now I wouldn't save it. I would actually go and employ another person with the money, and then I would duplicate their hours as well. Right. See how that works? So you yeah. you've saved that money, therefore you've earned more money because you're still earning more money with that with these hours that you've got, because everybody earns money in a system. That's what I always have to if somebody is in a system and they don't earn money and they don't add value, they shouldn't be in the system. There's no need for them. You need to trim them, they're excess. They have to always have some sort of um, reason to be in that system and and to work in that that cog and the way that works. Because again, that that then gets you in a position where you're working less, but you're earning more overall because of how you're doing that and how you're operating that system. So that's how I've done it all my life and that's how I do it now. And you can see that that's how I do it even more. I mean, I've, I've... Listen, let's be honest. I've been through this the hard way. Let me tell you that. And I've done it, and I've had every mistake you could have in the book. And I've made every trip up, every fault, every thing you could ever do. So if you want to do it that way, then don't listen to a word I'm saying. But if you want to learn something a wee bit more about how not to do it and how to do it right, then possibly you might just want to listen and take something on board about what you're what we're doing here, and um, because that's what we're trying to tell people on how to do it. So don't presume uh, getting everything right in the first place will set you free. Um, you talked about this. Control is a good thing. Why is yeah. control a good thing? Control is a good thing. Um, 
and uh, be in control of the details of your life. Um, I mean, it is mandatory if you want to find kind of like a peace and success. Um, and if you are to really find happiness and, and uh, yeah. controversially, while we are focusing on those factors that are out of our control, uh, we must lighten up a bit and then and then we were uh, then those but that maybe aren't uh, so much. Uh, so if we yeah. attempt to influence events that we cannot affect, um, then we are in, a, in for, for a bit of a disconnect. Jordan Peterson. Yeah. I went to see him the other week. I had a wee chat with him. This is the one where I, when I saw what he was thinking here. He says if, uh, the, the problem, the biggest challenge we face as human beings is we have a preconception about how our life is going to be planned out and where we're going to go with things and how it should be for us. Now, the problem here is when we meet a partner for the first time, they don't have that same vision. They have a preconception in their mind of where they want to be as well. Mm -hmm. So therefore, you have a disconnect between two parties. Now, there are, a compromise comes somewhere. I know we're getting a bit off the beaten track, but bear with me. Compromise comes somewhere, and to that common purpose, you both compromise, and you then have a collective vision together. Yeah. But that's effectively what we're doing right here in control. You don't want to be in control of everything. And there's events that you cannot influence the other person because the other person has their own their own thoughts about where they want to be but you get together because you have a collective agreement where you want to go and you're prepared to compromise on it yeah so change the things you can but accept the things you can't there's always going to be certain things yeah rent, rent controls yeah. look at rent controls oh my god the <laughs> rent. what am i going to do now and then I went, but let's be honest, nobody's actually increased their rent when a tenant's been in situ ever. Yeah. <laughs> I've only done it three times out of 30 years, once every 10 years. So does it really affect anybody? Everybody's like, oh, that's right. Yeah, I never really thought about that. It's like, <laughs> now, the moratorium on evictions is a bit different. We we'll need some clarity on exactly yeah. what the exemptions are in that, because there has to be some sort of exemptions. You can't just do it on everything. But that's another thing. But see what I mean about accepting the things you can't and actually looking at it. Rather than reaction, be proactive and actually yeah. say, does this really affect me? Is this really a, some implication? Because everybody's running about like Henny Penny and the world's falling in. Uh, but the actual reality is nobody really increases their rent when a tenant's in situ anyway. And, yeah, and, I think that, and it's like you say, the rent increases. When the move, yeah. <laughs> when another person moves in, that's when it goes up. Yeah, there's no legislation for that. It doesn't. It doesn't stop that. So the rent will still go up anyway. But we had found out in the previous show that we did in the midweek. It's a complete fabrication. The rents haven't gone up the astronomical amount. It's all lies, damn lies, and statistics. The government <laughs> yeah. manipulated it all to make it look like that. And um, when in actual fact, rents have actually gone down in real terms when you take inflation into account since the since the since the credit crunch. Yeah, it's the, you know because 2006 we were getting more rent for properties than we are now proportionally when you take into account inflationary aspect as well. And when we done the example last week, Jim, on the the local housing allowances that the council that are actually set, um, we had a few people contact us and they were like, "God, I'm I'm undercharging for my rent," <laughs> and they didn't even realise. So, so the government's the government's done a full pas here. They've actually they've actually highlighted the fact that you're getting more money. Um, um, the local housing allowance uh, rent is actually less than what, more than what they're actually charging. Yeah. So now people are actually going, oh, when the tenant moves out, I'm going to change the rent. 
I'm going to put it up to what the government says. Hey, what the government says, remember that, it's not what we're saying. We're charging less. So, the accept the things you can't, change the things you can't. The solution yeah. lies in making an internal change within yourself. Like I'd said before, happiness will not be found in the control of others or in complaining about the world conditions. Yeah. It will be found in paying attention to the moment-to-moment -moment details of your own existence. Yeah. The pursuit of happiness should not be your goal. It should be to, to be content because you'll never be happy every single time. Therefore, you'll be unhappy when you're not happy at the fact that you're not happy. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I think to look at if you could work towards being content um, and being comfortable in your situation, I think happiness Ooh, will come as a byproduct. Comfortable is maybe not a good word. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all right. It's all right. Bear with me. I'm, co I'm going. You know where I'm going with this. David Boy once said it, and he said it very well, and you could probably look it up if you want. He talks about the swimming analogy. Mm -hmm. He says, look, you can be comfortable, but it's, it's like what you need to do is, you know when you're in the pool and you get to the point where your tippy toes are just touching the bottom? Yeah. He says, what you need to do is just move yourself a wee bit more, just so now and again you bob up and down and you're touching the bottom, so you know you're just a wee bit uncomfortable with the fact of that, but you know it is, the floor's there if you need it. Mm -hmm. He says, at that point, you'd be amazed at what creativity and imagination and magic will happen. And he's absolutely right. That's where that's where you want to get to. You don't Pushing want to yourself just inside your comfort zone. Yeah, you just want to. That's it. Comfortable. Just be just be um, quiet and contently uncomfortable. If that yeah. makes sense. So be contently uncomfortable, but and be content, but don't settle. And it's not settling that will allow you to set yourself free, but you need to discipline, you need to control yourself. The mistake of the lifetime could be waiting just around the corner, ready to flatten you, actually, when you least expect it. Small inefficiencies that we're talking about here could yeah. quietly accumulate, and we talked about this, didn't we? Yeah. And the 1% improvement, but what happens if you have the minus 1%, but we're step every single day? At the end of the year, you're 365% back from where you were at the beginning of the year. So it's easy to fall back. It's easier to take wee steps forward, but not huge, abounding steps, unless it's absolutely necessary. That's how you get to the point of being able to work less and earn more, because you're yeah. gradually building over a period of time. So you're in command by only paying close attention to the nuts and bolts of what's actually happening around about you and getting these cogs to fit in. You know, I, I always like in our system, the way we do things, and I keep telling you that, the analogy is like a gearbox. In order for this vehicle to run correctly, we have to get everybody the cogs to actually merge with each other and actually work and work in tandem with each other. And that's what creates the efficiency in that process. Um, how to grow a business, how to grow your business by being smart, not by being busy. Yeah, and that's that's, what we, that's one of the first things we said when I come on here about being working smart and not being busy. Yeah. I mean, Jim, we've we've over the years looked at just being busy for the sake of being busy. It's not really efficient. Um, and I think for like small business owners and la la landlord investors running 
things. Uh, it often required performing multiple different roles on a regular basis. Now, I'll be, I'll, I'm going to I'm going to throw something out there. Yeah. Here's what here's what I see quite often, and for some people it might be really justified. For other people, I think to myself, busy fools. I'm knocking down walls. <laughs> I'm breaking up kitchens. Look at me. And it's like, my God, do you really need to do that with your investment? Does, is that absolutely essential? Will that actually add significant value in what you're doing? Or will it just pretend to add value to the valuer when he walks in the door? And will the numbers work out correctly in that situation because you're throwing so much money into it? Um, do, would you not just want to just add the value in the beginning but don't add it too significant. So I see that quite a lot, but it, mm -hmm. it seems to be something that's getting taught through this, through everybody else. But again, you said it's it's been smart at what you're doing. Yeah. Small business owners, like a landlord investors running things quite often requires performing multiple roles on a yeah. regular basis. But look at some of these roles that you're doing and actually think to yourself, am I being a busy fool or should I actually, should I actually I, do these things? Yeah. Well, I, you've, you've hit the nail on the head, Richard. It's outsourcing. It's like, do I, do I, honestly, I really go down to it. Somebody's got to wash your car, okay? But it's no you. Because if you're earning 50 quid an hour, then you can pay somebody to wash your car, maybe for £10, £20, yeah. just to go out and wash. You can take it down to the local, you can go down to the car wash and wash it for about a quid. Like yeah. £1.99 to do a quick wash. And, I mean, you'll get in the car and you'll waste your time doing that. But literally, you could pay somebody, you know, somebody down the road or some, it comes round, a wee boy or a lassie, it comes round and says, can I wash your car, sir? Make some money. I neighbor. There. Here, here's a fiver. Here's a tenner. But it's not you spending that time then. You're spending the time where it's appropriate and where you need it. This is why often some people say to me, oh, I, you know, I'll pay you for your time. Can you mentor me? And, all, and it's like... Geez, if I work out how much it would cost a mentor and take away from me, I'd have to charge you about a hundred thousand pounds a year. It's like literally that's what it is to me in value. Um, I I can't do that anymore for anybody. Hence the reason why we do this one-to-many show, uh, and so people yeah. will get that understanding and, and and get to that stage. So it's not a fact to me going that's what I'm worth. It's more. That's what I'm demonstrating to you about. What you've got to look in your own mind when you're looking at this for yourself and think, what could I generate somewhere else? Why would I be going to do something at 250 quid in, in sales if I could generate something at 5,000, 6,000, 7,000, 10,000 pounds in sales with that same time? Why would I want to do that? Yeah. And as, and as you gradually move up and what you're doing, you'll begin to realise that. So any given day, you can find yourself performing several duties, ranging from maintenance to accounts to maintaining relationships with tenants. All of these, at least, in no time to focus on your growing your portfolio, improving your product, uh, your product and your properties, and expanding your vision and what you're wanting to do and expanding your yeah. portfolio. Because, again, it takes time that you expand the portfolio. Everybody, you know, I never really went out to any houses last week to value properties, but I tell you what, I got a number of calls and a number of sign-ups from people just to say to me, let's go get my house on the market. Don't bother yep. coming out. I'm ready to go. I'm going like, send over your ID, proof of address. We'll do it digitally and we'll get it on and I'll come around and do the videos and everything like that. A very efficient use of my time. Very efficient use of my time. Yeah. It's multiplied my efforts now. Um, before, it was like, I used to go, I'll get in the car and I'll run around and we'll have a chat first and then we'll talk and then I'll come around and then I'll sign it up and then we'll do everything. And it's like 10 hours, which could literally be condensed into one hour. 
So see how that's multiplying the efforts. Um, so it's expanding your vision, making sure, and especially as a landlord investor, most every single landlord, every single investor has got a full-time job somewhere else, more than likely. You're maybe one of the rare people like myself It maybe has the choice to do what you want to do. Yeah. Um, that's great, but the majority of people actually have something else to do. So then you have to then think about, if I'm doing that and I'm doing my property investment, which, which one earns more money and which one earns more money long-term? I need to buy another property. Okay, so you're not going to make any money immediately buying another property, but look at the compounded effect over the period of time. Because you can yeah. take that money you make and you can even stick it in a pension that you're making from the property. And then that makes money on the money that you're making on the property on the money. So in that scenario, when you think about it, I made 67% on my investment fund and my pension, but I could have taken that money from the property I was making on. So I'd be making money on the property. I'd be generating income from the property. I'd then be putting in my pension. I'd be getting the tax back that I paid on the property, on the on the income on the on the property. So I'd actually be paying no tax at all because I'd be getting it back on my pension. Obviously, when I draw, draw down my pension, I'll pay tax. But that could be mitigated at that time uh, smartly if you've got a good accountant. Uh, yeah. We've run out of time. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Take time to speak to local agents about the current market. That's probably the thing. What else would we would we advise people to do? I think, as you say there, Jim, about using your vision to expand your current situation and if it's if it's property investment and your portfolio and things take that time to speak to your local agent learn about the current market and where you should be maybe buying new property maybe venturing into different areas and um, consider maybe diversifying your portfolio and different types of properties um, having a good mix of property always minimizes the risk um, and if you've got an agent who's in place and dealing with things for you you have the time to think about that and right, how am I going to build things and, and expand. Um, so definitely speak to a local agent and use your time more efficiently. I mean, it's all about getting time back. Time is a valuable thing. It will allow you to generate more money. It is. Really uh, nice. and, and you've got to, you've got to invest your time and your money in things that will actually not require you to trade time for money later on. And that literally is things like uh, pensions. It literally is things like property investments. And it could be small amounts in the very beginning, but you can see how that compound over the years. Um, that could compound a huge amounts of money when you go to retire in 10 and 20 years. You have to have that vision in the beginning. If you don't have that vision, you need to get that vision because it's easy to get five years down the road, see a big lump of sum of money and think to myself, we're going to go on a great holiday. Yeah. That great holiday could you be the biggest cost you've ever had because you can see with the hurricane, the Lamborghini hurricane, how buying a hurricane for £178,000 for me over 20 years would cost me £2 million in lost income. Mm -hmm. That's why I'll never buy it for that reason. Uh, so that's what people need to understand. If you really do want to set yourself free and you want to work less time um, to earn more money, you have to come up with with systems to create and generate that for you. It's not relying on you. Uh, and that's the best advice I can give someone. Yeah. If you need more information, need more advice on that, please feel free to reach out for us. I know I talk about Mentor and it's going to cost me more money to do Mentor and all the rest of it. But I'm quite happy. We have an end-of-month workshop that we do privately yeah. anyway. People join that they could take part in. And the details are on there for, for Richard, just to email him to get, to take part in that workshop. It doesn't matter where you are in your property journey. If you're a seasoned veteran at property, you still need this. Um, well, unless you've got more than me, and then I'll start listening to you. 
Um, yeah. So, so give me a shout, and I'll start listening to you as well, and I'll plug into your system. Um, yeah. But if you're if you're a beginner and you're not even starting on your journey and you're not really sure what to what to do, this is for you as well. And I yeah. think that is the most important thing out of all of it. And that's the best advice. That's us, guys. Um, yeah. We'll see you next week for the Wealth Creation Show, and we'll probably do we'll do a Saturday morning show as well. We're doing a Saturday morning show, which is a really good one, Richard, um, yeah. about buy to let. Um, I'm really looking forward to that one. It's going to blow people's minds again. Another masterclass. And yeah. uh, bye for now, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Bye.